0: In just eight short months, the world has become an extremely different place. This is due to COVID-19. According to COVID19facts.com, COVID-19 is the disease identified as the cause of an outbreak of respiratory illness first detected in Wuhan, China. That was in January of this year. That outbreak did not take long to travel overseas to the United States and led to our country declaring a public health emergency in February and a national emergency in March. The virus has caused worldwide travel bans, financial crisis, multiple mandates, quarantines, sickness, and even death, but especially the end to everyday life as we know it now in this podcast we are not going to focus on the facts of what has led us here but more on the experiences this is a worldwide pandemic and while everyone is going through this not everyone has had the same experiences or the same perspectives these are the perspectives of a pandemic
1: hey guys welcome back to perspectives of a pandemic today i am Sitting down, well, more of sitting down on my phone, I'm having a phone interview with Christina Kim. She is actually a nurse practitioner at a big hospital in Boston, Massachusetts. So that's a great thing about technology, especially in this day and age, that we're able to have these type of interviews. I'm virtually over the phone. Uh, Christina, can you tell me a little bit about what you do as a nurse practitioner?
2: Sure. So right now my job, um, I work right now in oncology. So I work with cancer patients right now in the outpatient setting. Prior to this, I was working on the inpatient uh, setting, kind of a more in the acute setting with inpatient sort of hospitalized patients in a, in what's called a hospitalist role. So right now I'm outpatient, seeing patients that are just kind of coming into clinic, but um, much of my experience before this was with really sick people that were in the hospital. Right now we are
1: in, you know, this huge worldwide pandemic. Has your work life and your tasks in your um, oncology nurse practitioner job, has it changed a lot since the pandemic has started?
2: Yeah. I mean, there's no question that, you know, the pandemic has changed everything in healthcare. I mean, even for folks that don't ever come in contact with a COVID suspected or a COVID confirmed patient, um, everything has changed. So Early on for for us in Massachusetts, we hit our peak in the spring. So about March, April is when we really, really hit our peak with cases and hospitalizations. And um, it was around that time that a a lot of folks that could work from home were encouraged to work from home, you know, um, uh, things with regard to sort of elective sort of urgent procedures were all put on hold. A lot of people were redeployed, so to speak, back to inpatient roles that they were previously in, like I was, to help manage this influx of inpatients that were coming in for COVID-19 and other issues but primarily COVID-19 and everything changed I mean the whole atmosphere was um, because at that time in March and April there was very very little that we knew about this virus how it was transmitted um, incubation period there was so much we didn't know so everything felt really uneasy and very unsettling Um, going into work every day was really uncomfortable for me um, but you know, we obviously had to do it. And since then, things have gotten a little better in the sense that we just have more knowledge about how to manage things. So they don't feel as crazy in the hospital. But there's no question that it has impacted every aspect of my work, of everybody's job in the hospital, whether it's because we are all required to wear masks all day now at work, which is fine. We're we're accustomed to doing that. So that's not a big deal. Whether it's because, you know, patients can no longer have visitors coming into the hospital with them, which is also significant for our patients and the patient care we provide you know whether at the peak it was because what happened was you know our hospital normally has about 10 or 11 icus different icus and every single one of those icus except for the neonatal icu was converted into a COVID icu and there were i think five or six other floors that were not ICU floors that converted to ICU. So, you know, the volume of very sick patients that we saw increased dramatically and that shifted how everyone had to do their job. So some nurses suddenly had to become ICU nurses when they never had ICU experience. I had to go back to my inpatient role that I was in previously to manage these inpatients that were coming in. So, yeah, it it has changed everything. Like, there's no aspect that has not been affected by, by this. And and then there's, like, the financial aspect of things where, you know, people took pay cuts. People were put on furlough, you know, basically let Tolton not work without pay. And, and this may sound silly to some folks, but people, there were no raises. You know, retirement were put on freeze things like that, which again is in the grand scheme of things is not a big deal, but it has impacted, I would say, every aspect of what we do at our job.
1: Yeah, it definitely sounds like, and it kind of sounds like COVID has um, brought everyone like all hands on deck. in in a hospital, which from a lot of listeners' perspectives and and my perspective as well, a lot of us were kind of halted when it came to work. We've had to work from home or we've had to kind of shorten our work days because of um, isolations or from quarantine, stuff like that, which is so different from someone having to work in the hospital because you guys are the ones that are taking care of the sick people.
2: Right. And um, that's absolutely true. You know, and I saw that with my husband. You know, my husband is an engineer. He normally works in his office, but obviously had to start working from home and um, it was different, you know, meetings were canceled for him. He, you know, didn't have work travel anymore. So in some ways he still had work, but it wasn't nearly the volume, you know, for me and for my fellow healthcare folks, our work was dramatically increasing and the burden of the work and the stress of the work was very much increasing. So you're absolutely right. I think it's the, um, the experience of somebody in healthcare during this pandemic is just different. It is just a different perspective and experience than folks that are not in this field.
1: So, has it affected the the way that you take precautions at home as well, considering you work in a hospital, you may be around people that have uh you know been affected. I know you have a husband, I know you have children, like has has that affecting mm-hmm. um anything like that? Oh
2: yeah, for sure. Uh I mean, again, early on in the pandemic when we really didn't know a lot, you know, what all of us were doing was coming home and literally like stripping down, like in the garage, you know, stripping down, and then just go shower right away, you know, and then basically throw those clothes into like a garbage bag and just do the best, do your best not to cross contaminate anything. And yeah, terrifying to think like, what am I bringing home to my family? You know, my two little kids, and my husband, um, it was really, at that time, very frightening. I think as time went on, we started to realize that 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 level of caution probably wasn't necessary, so I think most folks have sort of backed off on that degree of sort of how cautious people are but you know for for and early on um since i was the one that had to go to work you know i basically kind of restricted my family i I said look i am the only one that gets to do anything because we need to minimize the total number of people that are making contact with other people because between my husband and i if he and i both are going out seeing people going to the store or going to work then the total number of contacts that we have had is double if not more so that's how we limited things you know we i was still going to the grocery store not as often you know i took my kids out of daycare um, so we really tried to minimize that. And then every time anybody developed a sniffle or anybody got a fever, or it was, you know, absolutely terrifying that like I, I did something, you know, I brought this home to my family. I, mm. you know, so, so the, the burden of that too as a healthcare worker is huge to to think about that responsibility that we carry if somebody in our family gets sick or somebody, our loved ones gets sick, like that's on us. And that's huge that, you know, we are stuck in this position of, of being, I wouldn't say obligated, but we're obligated to care for our patients. That's the job that we do, and we love it, and we chose this profession for a reason. But then we have to balance that with the fact that we have people in our own personal lives that we want to protect that are vulnerable. And how do you manage that? How do you reconcile those things? Uh, I I don't know. It's really hard.
1: So the reason this interview is even possible uh, and me even meeting you is because of your social media platform. And uh, a few of your videos addressing questions about COVID or just clearing up misinformation about the virus came across my For You page on TikTok so what made you start creating this type of content on your social media platform?
2: Sure, so this was not planned. You know, I, like many people, joined TikTok during early on in the spring because, I don't know, because we were bored. I don't know, someone just told me to do right. it. Right, like, yeah. It. And initially, I yeah, like a lot of people, and initially I um, just started posting things about like silly things, like about being a mom, about being a nurse. Like it wasn't anything COVID related at all. And then one day I started to see a lot of posts about masks and how people just had clearly information that was just wrong about masks and the damage that masks can cause which they can't you know all this misinformation so I just created one video um, where I was wearing different masks at work and I measured my oxygen saturation which is a probe on your finger that essentially measures how much oxygen you're carrying throughout your body in your blood and to demonstrate like look I'm wearing all of these masks at the same time and my oxygen saturation is normal so that video went viral and then it just kind of escalated from there, I guess, where I realized, well, I feel like I have a duty now to sort of address these questions that are coming up, these myths that are pervasive. I really felt almost like a duty to kind of follow up on that video because it did kind of blow up in that way. And, you know, I, in my role as a nurse practitioner for years, I've always been a teacher. I've always done teaching. I've always done lecturing. I always enjoy sort of teaching. It's one of my things that I love to do. So it really did come naturally to me to kind of step into that role, but it was not intentional at all.
1: Yeah, and I mean you've I mean you've built up quite a quite a following on uh, both your Instagram and your TikTok. I guess yeah. in a short amount of time. I mean, if it started in in the spring, so I, I know that your Instagram bio says you're combating misinformation. Do you feel like that's pretty much what you're doing when, when you're making all of this COVID-related content or like when you see a video? It, is That's pretty much like your goal with all this?
2: I, I would say that combating misinformation has become sort of my uh, goal in creating these con- this content, yes, because it, it, there is so much pervasive misinformation out there. And I think a misconception that folks have is, oh, well, you just want to be right. And I've I've had a lot of people say that to me. You just want to be right and you just want to think you know more than everybody. And you know, my response to that is, is no, I, I have no, this is not an ego thing for me. This is simply about misinformation about a deadly global pandemic that, you know, misinformation that's being spread, is it's actually dangerous. This isn't just about me proving my point that I'm right and someone else is wrong. This is genuinely with an interest of combating misinformation that I view as harmful and dangerous. So I would say, yes, that probably is my primary sort of purpose in making these things, but also just general education to not only to address misinformation and myths that are out there, but also to empower folks. Who maybe don't have the language to address misinformation from within their own family or their own communities you know that maybe they don't have the means to understand these concepts even though they believe the 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 pandemic is real and my goal also is to help sort of equip them with some phrasing or some words or some data to help support you know their conversations with their community and their families.
1: What aspect or topic surrounding COVID-19 do you find is mostly misrepresented
2: or incorrect throughout mm. social media? It has evolved over the past like six or eight months. I think a lot of this stuff at the start was about um, masks and misinformation about masks, what the purpose is, how effective they are, and also the potential harm they could cause supposedly. So that was a big thing then. And then it turned into as cases started rising and deaths started rising and shutdowns were happening, then a lot of it was around sort of, you know, the numbers. How valid are they? How real are they? How could we trust them? There were a lot of questions around the the election. That was a big thing that came up around election time that, you know, that this is politically motivated in that way. So the themes have changed quite a bit, but they are always centered around the idea that the pandemic either isn't real or isn't nearly as serious as it's being made out to be and or that there are people who are deliberately trying to make uh, this more than it is for the purpose of, I don't even know what, making people mad or I don't know. Yeah, so I I would say those have been the common themes.
1: A phrase that I like to bring up in these episodes and every episode I brought it up is new normal. Do you think that not only the world, but the medical field will see a new normal because of this virus?
2: Uh, very much so, and I think in more ways than one. You know, I think when it comes to even masks, for example, a lot of people say, well, how come we never wore masks before for flu season? And there's a lot of reasons why we haven't, because we have vaccines, because we understand the flu, we understand the incubation period. But I wouldn't be surprised if moving forward masks become a kind of an expected sort of standard for um, close interactions with people. Um, I think it's going to affect things like concerts and like large gatherings and moving forward and how we sort of view those things and how safe they can be. It's definitely going to affect the country economically. There's no question, you know, the fallout from this economically is, is awful and devastating. I fully, fully admit that. Yeah, there, the, I would say our world will truly now be divided into pre-COVID and post-COVID, just as how I think our country was changed from pre 9 11 and post 9 11. I view this as an equivalently significant event in our lives and our history.
1: Well, thank you so much for sitting down and, and chatting with me. I really appreciate you sharing your perspective and giving me some insight on how the view of this pandemic is on the side of someone in the medical field. And I also think it's appreciated that you are, you know, working so hard to kind of inform people about the truths when it it comes to different information that's spread on social media so I think that's a great thing that you're doing and I really appreciate you spending some time to to
2: talk with all of us thank you and I really appreciate the invite it's really an honor thank you so much
0: thank you for being a part of my podcast series perspectives of a pandemic together we have listened to people who have experienced loss political indifference a near-death experience a simple diagnosis and a change within work life slash a newfound calling for combating misinformation, all due to COVID-19. But most importantly, we have listened to different perspectives surrounding this pandemic. Always remember that although we aren't all going through the exact same thing during this pandemic, we are all going through the same pandemic. Let's be kind to one another and as always, make sure you're doing what you need to do to stay safe.